This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we have a request. If you're genuinely enjoying what we do here on the show, please leave us a review in iTunes or your podcast app because it really helps us to grow our podcast and ensures that we're being a great marketing tips and advice each week. Now, today I'm joined by Alex Jenardinik at Problemio. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Did I say your name right? Yes, that was beautiful. And uh, you're in sunny, I don't know why I'm saying sunny, because everyone says Brighton is sunny. I said, you're in New York, Queens, New York, aren't you? Yes, the friendly and wel- welcoming and warm Queens, New York. <laughs> So, um, now today, I'm going to talk about, um, well, we are going to talk about, well, you're the expert, I'm going to ask you questions about private label rights, which is a, not a new concept, but it's something which you believe should be done more online. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at uh, Problemio. Sure. Well, I have a software engineering background and a computer science degree. And, you know, when I finished college, I've always tinkered with my own ideas even though I worked for I worked as a software engineer but I always tinkered with my own ideas and they just weren't good because I didn't have any business sense so it really inspired me to create once I got some experience in business and business strategy it inspired me to create informational products and coaching and help other entrepreneurs who were in my shoes so that they don't have to struggle like I struggled by making so many mistakes just because I was ignorant of like business strategies because my education was something else. Yeah. So it started with creating mobile apps for entrepreneurs. Then it went to creating books, YouTube videos, online courses on Udemy, coaching. So now it evolved over over time under you know problemio.com. It evolved in this huge number of I think I have over 150 different types of products and services that I offer. Under you know under the umbrella of uh, problemio.com, almost entirely everything for entrepreneurs, anything from business idea issues, business planning, starting a business, promoting a business, which is always my favorite, mm. and you know sometimes people ask about raising money. So all those topics is what I cover in with Problemio and help entrepreneurs. So you're basically um, a, a web entrepreneur, then, Alex. Is that right? Yes, that sounds about right. <laughs> So let's talk about private label rights, often abbreviated to PLR. Now, just for our listeners, I always say that because it makes me sound very intelligent as if I know exactly what it is, but that's not the case. What is the PLR model and how can sort of businesses or business owners use it? Yeah, it sounds a little bit complicated, but it's actually very easy. If you're a business owner or an online business, even like a blogger or content creator, you may look for ways to monetize your content. It yeah. might be through direct sales of books or courses, through ads, through affiliate, through other things. And the PLR is just another way. It's This is a way that you can essentially, for some agreed-upon fee, can be you know one-time fee, can be some other model. Usually it's a one-time fee. You can agree to license out this your existing content that you already made to a third party. So, you know, some other business comes along and says, well, we'd love to have so much content, but we don't have the time or the people to make it, but we need the content. And here you are, you have the content. So it's perfect match. They have a need, you have the product, 
and all you do is just agree on the price for them or agree on whatever the partnership situation mm. and they get your product. This can be for physical products that they can just resell and they benefit because they once they license it, they resell for 100% revenue. Okay. Yeah. So for them, it's better than reselling other people's products when they only get a commission. And for you, as the content creator, you get an upfront payment. So it, it, it works nicely for both parties. Yeah, because I was trying to understand kind of um, what would be in it for the licensee, i.e. the creator. But I suppose that's it, isn't it? They, they get only the one payment, but at least it's kind of upfront. They haven't got to wait for anything to be sold. Exactly. So it takes the risk out. For example, for me, like I am relatively, I, I, I guess you can say I get around online or whatever that means. So people find me and I get a lot of emails on, on literally a daily basis of people saying, for example, for my online courses, because I'm a somewhat prominent instructor on Udemy and they want me to upload my courses on their websites. And I've never heard of their websites before. I don't know if they're going to make me a penny or a million dollars or zero. So for me, I know nothing. So it's risk for me. I have to spend time with them. I have to get to know them. I have to upload my content. There's all this involvement. And so it prevents me from moving forward with them because I just don't have the time. It's literally every day. And yeah. I have a hundred courses that I like over a hundred courses that I've made. Right. So I just literally physically couldn't do it. And most of the time, they wouldn't generate me that much revenue. So it's something I, I just can't move forward with those guys. But I always offer, hey, for a one-time fee, I'll sell you the content, you do whatever you want with it. So it works for me. I spend very little time on it. Sometimes selling content for thousands of dollars, I literally only spend about 30 minutes exchanging emails and explaining you know, total of maybe 30 minutes or an hour of work because the content's already made and I just need those people to agree on the pricing and I share the content with them and they upload it on their site and they're, you know, they, they can use it and I get cash for almost no work. So it's fantastic for me. I love it. Yeah. And it's actually really fantastic for the person who licensed it because they get it, that they get the content that day. Like if they had to make the content, if they, if it was a book, they'd have to literally write a book, which is really difficult. Yeah. And, consuming maybe months maybe it will never get written and if it was a course same thing most people who start out creating content 50% of them don't even finish and yeah, sure. just consuming they spend money so it's a night it's night and day so for me it's a nice payment for them they a lot you know they get a guaranteed proven content because that content or you know is already you can see that you can see the books on Amazon you can see the courses on Udemy and you can see they get good reviews people like it and some of the content I spent years perfecting, like, you know, improving my video, audio, other things, uh, actually making the course more succinct and direct and getting feedback from students. And so the content is much higher quality than most likely they would have made on their own, even if they finished it. But so they basically get a great product right away that they can then use. And so their business doesn't have to hold up. Interesting, because I'm guessing that once you have licensed your product to a somebody that wants to license it off you, over use of the word licensing there, um, am I right in thinking that you wouldn't be able to license it to anyone else, or are there different sort of deals that you can do? 
No, that's incorrect. You can, you know, you I can license it. Uh, my, my different people license differently. For me, I retain the right to resell it on, let's say, my courses. Mm. I retain the rights to resell them on Udemy or Skillshare, which which are really the only two, and on in my own website. So, which are the only three places where I even want to resell it. Yes. And the the the, life, the person who licenses the content, they get the right to resell it on their website. Right. And usually that's what they want to do anyway, because they, they have their own audience, their own email list. They want to in-house this thing because for them, if they put it on some other website, some third-party website, they don't retain the 100% revenue. But if they sell from their site, they can usually dictate the pricing and they keep 100% revenue. So they keep it within their ecosystem like a, for like a membership site or something like that. It's ideal. Now, I'm thinking because obviously um, making sort of online products is something that you do. You're obviously very experienced at How do you make the decision on which of your products you will sort of push out using, um, you know, PLR versus some other sort of marketing strategy? How do you make that sort of decision? Well, actually, it's not really a decision for me because any product that I have, I typically make it available for PLR. So when people reach out to me and they say, hey, I'm looking for such and such course or such and such book, if I have that in my library of books on Amazon or my library of courses on Udemy, yeah, then then that's available. Yeah. So for me, it's more the issue is making my courses and books better by improving them so that people will have a good experience after they buy them. Um, and making more of them covering a wider range of topics. I've also kind of recruited a few other people who cover like topics that I don't cover. So if somebody wants, for me, I cover like business and marketing topics, but let's say somebody wants to learn how to make games on on the iPhone. I don't know how to do that. So I uh, partnered with a few other content creators. And so I can tap into, oh, okay, so I have a client who needs this content. And so then I know another content creator who might want to license it. So now I kind of have like built a little bit of a network of people who beyond just me who can license content. Now, you mentioned earlier about the negotiation phase when you're sort of um, coming up, uh, agreeing a price. How do you do that? Because that must be quite difficult. It is honestly, you are correct. It's honestly the most challenging part of the process for me because let's say someone comes to me and they email me, I I want to license your content. How much, right? That's usually the first question people ask. Yes, How much? yes, yeah. And there is no right answer because I don't know where that person is from. Like, I, like I can, you know, if I quote them U.S. prices, it will most likely scare them off if they're in somewhere where the, the, the currency is, is, is a lo, lo, much lower priced, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe what I, if I tell them a normal price in, in US, it actually might be a price that's uh, like 20 times more in their local area. So I don't know where they're from, first of all. So that, that skews the negotiation. And sometimes I don't know their situation because sometimes they might be in a big company that can afford, you know, $5,000 per course. And sometimes they're just an entrepreneur who's struggling in their bedroom trying to get something going and they cannot even afford $100 per course. Yes. So that part is really challenging because the spectrum of the target market is potentially everybody. And of course, there's 
you know, I want to charge more because it's premium content. It's very good. But at the same time, I don't want to lose on the people who can't afford, who need discounts. You know, I don't want to lose those sales either. Yeah. So that process is a challenge. So for our listeners then, Alex, who sort of, you know, there might be, they might be content creators, they might have books, they might have courses. How do they get into, into this, into PLR, um, if they decide to do that? What's the best sort of course of action? So luckily, I am building a network, like I mentioned, of people who license content. So, you know, I only cover business and marketing and a little bit about mobile apps and a little bit about other things. But I'm looking to expand my offerings and I already have clients who license so the easiest way is to actually reach out to me and tell me what kind of content someone has. So maybe you have a listener of your show who wants to do the PLR model. The easiest thing to do is to tell me, you know, to email me and tell me what kind of content they have, what topics they cover. You know, maybe it's books or courses or something else and the topics. And then I can immediately see if I have clients who have needs for that. So I already have clients for this. So this is, this is the best part. The, after that, it becomes difficult because it's it's a business. Like it's kind of starting like a new business, right? Yeah. Um, you have to promote this. You have to make it known that like you're doing this. You have to start like doing you know whatever link, LinkedIn outreach, maybe doing some social media things, maybe t- telling your audience, you know how to do this. Maybe even you know creating how to you know like how you know articles so it, it's a, beyond reaching out to me it's a, it's quite a you know it's it's a legitimate business like any other that you'd have to put a lot of marketing effort into so it's it's not like you snap your fingers and people come to you to license courses and they pay you a lot of money right it's yeah it, it's actually only like that if, if i happen to have a match already for my existing client base if not i you know the one thing that i sometimes do is all the time that I mention, let's say a person has a business like teaching somebody how to do anything. Mm. And usually their audience is about maybe 10% of the audience or 55% of the audience would like to have a similar business but don't know how to get into it. So they can kind of like mention in their emails or in their social media updates that, hey, I'm starting this content licensing. If you want to, you know, you want to write a book but you don't have one. You have you want to have a, you know create a course, but you don't have one. And if you already have that content, say hey, you can reuse my content to start your own business. Mm. So maybe that's the easiest thing to do to t- is to tap into your audience on this. Other than that, you can look into companies in your niche that might want to license it or have new content created for them. A uh, part of this is some businesses don't necessarily want to license new existing content, but want to have content according to however they would like to have it made. So you can actually do outreach to existing companies in your niche and say, hey, would you like to either license or have new content created for you? And companies typically pay like a big amount of money to have content created for them because it's actually cheap for them. Because if they don't pay you to create the content, they have to hire someone, get the equipment, allocate time, blah, blah, blah. It's actually, they can pay a disproportionate amount and it's still cheaper for them that way. So yeah. the company outreach through like LinkedIn and things like that within your industry is another way to go to sell this. So Alex, you mentioned about, um, have I got this right? It sounds like people sometimes approach you and say, can you write about a specific 
topic. Is that what you were saying effectively? Yeah, sometimes. So instead yeah. of licensing, they just have me create completely new content for them. Yeah. What sort of percentage would you say that, that, that comes to sort of compared to the whole sort of pie chart? My case is probably unusual because I'm more interested in licensing because if I license, then it's really very little extra work for me because the, core, the stuff is already created. To create new content is very time consuming if the content has to be high quality. Yeah. And usually when people come to you, they want high quality. Of course, you know, they, of course they want high quality content. Mm. So it's time consuming. So it's not my favorite thing to promote. So in my case, I have a, it's highly skewed to licensing and creating new. But uh, I would say maybe 10 to 20% of the people who come to me, they express an interest mm. in creating new content. But I kind of just push them to licensing because I tell them, hey, it's cheaper to license than to create new stuff. And then that, that argument usually wins them over. Yeah, sure. So if you had one tip or sort of a key takeaway for our audience today, Alex, in this sort of field of PLR, what would it be? In the, for the PLR, I think number one is to run your own business of content creation as though you, you know, at highest quality level as possible. That's the content itself has to be really high level because at the end of the day, people have to want to resell it. Like, for example, I have some uh, colleagues, other course creators who have, you know, they maybe mumble when they speak or their courses aren't good. And I've tried to sell that to my existing clients who already want that topic. And they just say no, because they can't use that because it's not good enough. So content quality is really important here because at the end of the day, somebody has to want to buy that and resell that and see that others want to consume it. So, and then also just have, have to, you have to carry on with the marketing of your content so that it gets discovered. Yeah. And a lot of people might, you know, every once in a while, people might reach out to you like, hey, I'd like to put your content, resell it on my site. When they do that, and if you don't want to put it to resell on their site for a revenue sharing model, which is almost always what they suggest, right? When some startup companies say, hey, I'd like to put your content on our site and we'll resell it and we'll do revenue sharing. But if you want to, if you don't want to do that, it's much easier for you to just change the flip the conversation on them and say, "I can't can't put it on your site for a revenue share, but it is available for a one time payment." And sometimes that conversation will go well. Sometimes they'll be okay. You know, if you explain to them the content is good and you keep 100% lifetime revenue, which is a, you know, potentially very very profitable for them, mm. then that gets the, the conversation going in the right direction. But that conversation only happens when they get discovered after they do their own good marketing so that people can then reach out to them to have, you know, to invite them to put their courses on or content on other sites. Well, Alex, thanks so much for joining us. Um, before we go, tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and more about Problemio. Sure. Uh, well, Problemio, you can, they can just visit problemio.com. And my email is there, my contact is there, and I love hearing from people, so I, I, I really strongly invite people to reach out to me. And, of course, I'll probably, we'll probably have uh, links to the content on the show notes page for this, for this episode, so that's also a great way for people to um, see more about the things that, I, that I'm mentioning here. Fantastic. 
Well, thanks for that, Alex, and thanks for you, listeners, for listening. The show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a review, as uh, mentioned at the beginning. Uh, we're always open to questions and suggestions and ideas for future topics. The email is podcast at sitevisibility.com. You can tweet us at sitevisibility. We also have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. And that's it. That's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Alex. And thank you for having me. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Mm-hmm.